This is the 3rd and 30 Podcast, a coach's podcast where we believe opportunity is everything. My name is Coach Praveen Montrepagata, and I'm joined alongside Coach Jason Chaddock, and we're happy to be back here in back-to-back weeks bringing you some shows. we got to catch up. we got to make up time for all you uh, listeners out there. So here we are, back-to-back weeks. So excited to uh, bring on our newest guest for the week. we got a good one once again, as always. But first thing first, as per usual, Coach Chaddock, how you doing? I'm good, Coach. Glad to be back. Glad to be at it back-to-back weeks. And most, most, uh, most notably here, I got to tell you, my Cleveland Browns, they are in the playoff hunt. I'm telling you, there is something about Coach Chaddock moves back to Cleveland. And now the Browns are seven and three. They're on the doorstep. They have business to take care of. But as we say, control the controllables. All you can do is control the next game. That's all you can do. You can control your preparation for the next game. You can control your assignments and be ready to play football. So I'm just saying it now, man. Browns are looking pretty darn good. Uh, you just going to throw that out there. I, I, you know, I'll say two things about that. One, can't believe the Browns have made it this far 7-3. and three. They are probably the worst 7-3 and three team in the NFL. I'll give you props, <laughs> but if you put together all the 7-3 and three teams and better in the NFL, they are like, wait, what? And number two, I'm going to give you credit. You know, How long has it been since you've been back in Cleveland? How many years has it been? 16. 16 years. And for the past 16 years, <laughs> how many quarterbacks has Cleveland has, let alone wins, playoff? I mean, it's incredible. So I'm going to, and they had an 0-16 season. I'm, you know, I'm going to give absolutely you credit for moving back home for them being 7-3. That's, hey, props to the Browns, huh? I'm telling you. <laughs> I think I think I had an effect on this. I'm just going to put that out there. You know, aside aside from the Browns, though, man, we, you know, it's been it's been an interesting journey. You know, a weekend ago. I watched my daughters, uh, my daughters on a travel basketball team. And a week ago, I watched them just get absolutely blitzed by the three teams that they played. I mean, one of the games they lost by, I think, 49 or 50 points. And that's pretty darn bad. And my daughter came home and she's crying and we're talking about stuff. And, you know, what, what do you think I told her? I said, hey, what are the things that you can control on the basketball court? And she, she highlighted, these are the things I can control. These are the things I can do. And today uh, we were driving there and we're driving to the game. And I said, okay, what are the, you know, what are the things you can control? And she highlights the, these are the things that I can do. And she names out a couple specifics. You know, she said, I can give hundred percent effort. Uh, she said, I can focus on my job on the court at that time. I can play solid defense and prevent my, prevent my person from scoring and getting the ball. She highlights a couple other things. Gets in the game. They end up getting a double overtime win, 18 to 16. Telling you, man, you just keep coaching them on the right things. Just keep coaching them, keep coaching them, keep coaching them, keep educating them. And, you know, she gets off the court. She's happy as can be. And she said, hey, we did our jobs. (laughs) I mean, she's 11 years years old and to come up to me and say, hey, we did our jobs. Everybody did the job they were assigned. Wow, I can't ask for anything more from an 11 year old. So, hey, these lessons are for everybody, not just adults. Well, you know, I think the one thing that stood out to me right there is that you were consistent with it. You you kept on it. You didn't just, I think a lot of times as coaches, parents, teachers, when we're trying to like make a change in a kid, we just do it that one time. And then we're like, oh, okay, it's, you know, they're going to get it. You know, they, they, the, the body language is good. They're nodding to you. They're smiling. The energy is good in that moment. And you're like, all right, they got it. And then, 
more times than not, that topic may not ever come back up again until the mistake happens again. And I think that's the issue is the consistency. You know, you brought it up after a loss or after a difficult scenario. What what you what can you control? And then bring it up before the next event. And it's it's not about pre- preaching to the choir. It's not about um, just being an annoying coach, parent, whatever it is. And you're both. You're a coach and a parent. <laughs> um, it's it's not about those th- just being annoying. It's 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 important to stay consistent to keep at it. And the next time it's going to be the same thing. And as and it's so important even more to do it when they're young because. When they are young, it's more of an, there's more of a chance of them to absorb it, for them to keep it within themselves, and then they're going to take those ways of doing it to the rest of their life. And when she's a graduating high school, when she's in college, and she might be away from home, and it's a difficult scenario, she's going to use this, right, what can I control? And because she learned it at a young age, it's going to stay. And it's not just that one moment when she was 11 that one time dad said it. It's the fact that it's always going to be preached that way, and it's preaching important things and staying consistent with them. It's it's huge. Exactly. You know, it's why we preach drive all the time. We preach drive, and we preach that hey, drive. That this we have to have our mindset on something. Even at work, I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's you got to have ultra consistency. You know, and that's the thing in society is sometimes we get away from this ultra consistency of keeping it simple. How do we keep it simple? How do we keep moving forward? And how do we keep instilling these same values day after day after day? Because if you can instill the values day after day after day, you're going to develop a consistency. And then that consistency is what leads to that excellence. Because the victory, we're not looking for just a victory with that drive. We're not looking for just a victory. That's a singular day. We're looking for the excellence, which is victory after victory after victory, consistency day in, day out. And we're staying simple, we're playing fast, and we're building. And that's that's one thing I'll tell you right now. Our our guest today will talk about is is you keeping it simple, having the values, and building the consistency. Because I've coached with him before, and I know where he's coming from. I already know where his head is, and he's okay. he's going to keep he's going to keep developing it that same exact way. So I can't wait to hear what our guest is going to say about these kind of things. Well, let's waste no more time and bring on our next guest on the show. Um, very excited to bring on a, a, a friend, a fan of the show, and most importantly, a coach, an influencer in our community here in Colorado, um, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Thompson Valley High School in Loveland, Colorado. Coach Ryan Puran is showing us on, uh, joining us on the show. So let's waste no more time and bring him on um, here. Uh, can't wait. Joining us now on the 3rd and 30 podcast, we are pleased and excited to introduce Coach Ryan Puran, Offensive Coordinator, Quarterbacks Coach at Thompson Valley High School in Loveland, Colorado, a.k.a. Coach P. Coach P, thanks so much for joining us on the show. We're, we're so excited to have you. My pleasure, man. Happy to be here. Coach P, pleasure to have you on board today. And uh, I want to clear the air for our listeners who are probably spinning their wheels right now, wondering why we're calling everybody on the show Coach P today. (laughs) Okay, so I'm a very fortunate man, and I have two Coach P's in my life, both very close friends, and they're both on the show today. (laughs) For the purposes of today's show, Coach P is our guest, Coach Ryan Puran. He is Coach P for today. Listeners, I need you to understand that part. Uh, we're going to make it as, as simple as we can. So, Coach P, great to have you on. Uh, clo- close friend of mine. We've known each other for years now, coached together in the past. 
And uh, I can't wait to get started. Are you ready to get started, Coach? I'm ready to roll, man. So I know you and I have talked at length um, about different things over the years. We, we've been, been friends for a little over four years now, and we've talked about tons of stuff. What I want you to do is highlight for our listeners uh, about your journey, where you are today, and I want you to include this international adventure that you've had to get here. So really, really round it up for our listeners today. Yeah, um, my pleasure, man. Hey, thanks guys for having me on. So um, as Coach Chaddock said, you know, I, I, I have kind of an international background that I'll kind of cover as I, as I tell my story here. So um, I was born and raised in Trinidad and Tobago um, in the Caribbean, not Trinidad, Colorado. I've had to... <laughs> Living in Colorado, that's the only place I've had to explain where Trinidad is. That it's not Trinidad, Colorado. Um, but Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. Um, and, you know, I did. I, I went through life through high school there. Um, after high school, you know, I kind of slacked off in high school a little bit. Wasn't a very good student. Um, was blessed enough to be able to come to college in the States. Um and while here, so I, I, I went from Trinidad, I went to South Carolina, a small town in, in South Carolina, Florence, um, attended a university called Francis Marion University, um, a four-year school that I did my undergraduate in, in chemistry and physics, um, put my head down, really hit the books hard, um, graduated in four years, and then went on to the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville um, to, to do my graduate work. And um, while there, I got, I got my master's and PhD in microelectronics. Um, and, you know, f- coaching and football was the furthest thing from my mind at that point in time. Uh, that was in, what, 2000. So in the year 2000, I moved to Arkansas. Um, and I joined a microelectronics program there. And my advisor in that program, one of my advisors, he was a season ticket holder to Arkansas football games. And one of the first games at a fall that a fall 2000, he invited me to go to a game. And I was just like, Oh really? I guess I'll go. <laughs> Went to the game. And if you ever go to a hall game, man, I, I know they've been down for a few years, but if ever you go to a hall game, it's, it's, it's legit. It's a fun, fun experience. Um, and I went and had a blast. And since that time I've been kind of into the game, um, you know, and then as time went on, I kind of got, I got this itch to learn more about the game, you know, kind of more the scheme and the setup and how the game is really, really played. Um, and that's when I really, I think, started getting the itch to kind of want to get into coaching. Now, bear in mind in Trinidad, we, they, we don't play American football in Trinidad. You know, it's soccer, it's cricket, it's no American football. So this was my first exposure to American football, really. Cricket? Cricket, man. Yep. Interesting. Um, oh, cricket, so, man! Don't get don't get us started on cricket now. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we might change the topic of your show here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so I went to Arkansas, did graduate work. You know, grad finished there in two thousand five, um, and I moved to California for work in Santa Barbara to work for a company uh, in microelectronics and MEMS. And um, just working out there, this was before my wife and I was married. Um, so I was out there for, let me think, a year and a half before we got married. 
And that's when I really started digging in into the, into football. You know, I had, you know, followed the game. I read books and stuff like that, but you know, in from 2005 to 2007, before I got married, I really started digging in into scheme and understanding different scheme and reading and just listening to talks online. Um, and my wife and I got married in 07. She moved out there and I still kind of continued digging down that hole. You know, you know, well, once you start digging down the hole of, of, of coaching, it's hard to want to get out of it. You know, and I started digging down that hole. Um, and I was having a conversation with my wife and she said, you know, if you're going to do all of this, you, you, you might as well do something with it. Like building up all this knowledge is fun, but you know, what purpose does it serve? Sure. You know, and that kind of got me thinking about some, you know, getting into coaching. Um, and I had some friends that kind of encouraged me that I would talk to about it. It's like, I, you know, I want to do it, but I didn't play. I never really been around the game. It's kind of a scary experience. You know, how do I, you know, what do I do here? And, you know, my friends knew me and they said, you know, you should go out, you know, see, go, go down the path, see where it leads, you know. Um, and my wife was very supporting of that. So I emailed uh, all the, I was in Santa Barbara, I emailed all the high schools in Santa Barbara that was close by. And I was just kind of open and honest, man. I just said, you know, um, actually, let me back up a little bit. I, you know, when I was kind of going down this path, I emailed, you know, I kind of went on some blogs and I, I tried to email some people and get some advice. And I kind of told them my situation and they were very encouraging. They were like, you know, in the thing with coaching is once you've been in it for two or three years, it ain't going to matter that you didn't play, you know? So they were, they were like, the best thing to do is to, you know, be willing to learn, be willing to do anything and everything and be willing to just absorb as much as you can. And I was like, yeah, I could do those things. And so they advised you One of the guys kind of said, you know, the, the best place for you to start would be, you know, find a youth league, find a high school, find somebody that need, just needs help and go volunteer and just do everything that they, they, they ask you to do. And so I started off down that path and I emailed a couple of the high schools around where I was living. And the coach at Santa Barbara High School at the time, Will Gonzalez, um, he responded to me and he told me, come by to school and let's chat. Um, and he kind of, he gave me my start, man. He, uh, I told him my story. I said, look, I have no background. I just want to be around, learn, help any way I can. And, you know, he, he said, you know what, you're hired. We'll, we'll get you coached up on the X's and O's and everything. Um, and that was the start of it. And that was the 2008 football season. And it's 2020 and I'm still going. So 13, 12, 13 seasons later, I'm still rolling. Um, so I coached, I started there and I coached, I actually coached at Santa Barbara for, uh, still till I left in 2014, I, you know, I, I moved to Colorado in 2014. Um, so I, and I coached there through the 2013 season. Um, and just amazing experience learning to coach, being around some really good guys. Um, you know, the guy that hired me, he, he took a chance on me and uh, I'm grateful he did. And, you know, forever grateful he did. Um, but he had a guy on staff by the name of Doug Keynes, who later became the head coach at Santa Barbara and Doug and I became really good friends really quick. And Doug is one of the brightest and smartest football minds that I know. Like he's somebody like, 
we 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 could talk ball for eight ten hours straight, man. It, 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 he's just that kind of guy, um, and he taught me a lot about what I know. You know, of what I, when I was learning coaching and learning scheme and learning technique, he taught me a lot because I was he was just like a sponge. He was absorbing everything around him, and I I was just kind of uh, pulling from his sponge in a sense, you know. Um, and so he taught me a lot that I know. He became head coach. Um, and my, the year before I left California, he was the head coach and I was his OC, um, for a year there. Um, and then my job, you know, I got for personal reasons, I left the job I was at and found a job here in Fort Collins, Colorado and, uh, moved out here. Some of the story, I, you know, trying to find a coaching gig, um, email a couple of guys around town, didn't get much of a response, um, and then eventually the old Pooter head coach, Coach Reardon, um, he was at Pooter. He, he emailed me back and said, you know, he was leaving Pooter, actually going down to Wheatridge to coach. Um, and we we talked and we had a lot of similar coaching philosophies and everything. And we, we just really got along really quickly. Um, and nobody else in the Fort Collins, Loveland area had responded. So I... I took the jump and I said, okay, I'll come coach with you for, you know, and see how it goes. Um, he was coaching out on Wheatridge. That's about a 45 minute drive from where we are. And so I did that for my first season here. Um, I'm glad I did because I learned a lot from coach Raiden in one, you know, in one season. Um, and we could get, we'll get into some of that later, but um, yeah, I learned a lot from him in just coaching one season. After that uh, he left, uh, and went back to, to Ohio, and so I found a, I, I found uh, coaching in Fort Collins at, at Fossil, and that's where Jason and I met um, a couple of years later. And then uh, two years ago, I moved over to Thompson Valley to be the coach, and I'm still working at the same job that I came to Colorado for. It's a fun, uh, it's a, a tech company in town. It's a fun job. It's a, a good people, good leaders, good engineers, and. Uh, yeah, just grateful to be where I am. It's a great story, Coach, and I I, I love uh, you highlighted just now at the end how you've been at the same job that moved you to Colorado, yet you've had, you know, you're already on your second, maybe, you know, you already you tried to pooter, but second job of coaching. It just shows how much movement there is in the coaching world and even where you started in California. And I just, I, I want to highlight one thing which is amazing because I'm in a similar boat in terms of my playing experience uh, compared to my coaching experiences, I didn't. I don't have much playing experience, if any, and I had this passion. But the the route that we got there is much different. I think it's it's. I want to highlight the fact that you going in there and being, hey, I I have no previous background. I just want to learn, observe, and 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 do what I can to help. And I think that's such a lost uh, characteristic in people these days because everyone wants that tangible something out of anything they're doing. And I think the loss of uh, the tangible thing being a learning experience and learning something out of something out of what you are passionate for is kind of can be a lost art. And I just think that's that's amazing because first of all coming from a different country and then seeing a sport and then wanting to get involved and having that push to you know from your wife to be like yeah let's let's turn this into something and um that's amazing because i know it's it's tough for a lot of people going into something they've never done before um and going in and and explaining that to people uh hoping for a chance but you know you you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take and that's uh that's 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 big so um that's um i mean was that 
was that kind of intimidating for you or is that kind of just who you are and you're just you're like kind of like going into things and just telling you know just being truthful about yourself and trying to figure it out you know i do try to be transparent and honest um but it, i mean it's tough like that was tough like i mean i think any one of you guys could say like even going to a new school right and you you get in a new position group or i mean it's intimidating walk you know going up to a couple of high school seniors and you know having a coach in for the first time you know? <laughs> yeah it, yeah you guys know what that's like uh-huh. right yeah, no, it is. It's intimidating. You know, coaches are intimidating. Some coaches are very intimidating guys and, you know, it, it is. Um, but man, it's like, you know, you got to take the, the the bumps and bruises along the way, you know, um, in this profession. Um, but, you know, I think, again, you know, part of it was me wanting to do that. But part of it, too, is is I can't under- highlight enough the guys that were willing to give me that opportunity to learn and and being able to pour into me that way. You know what I mean? Um, Coach Gonzalez, Coach Keynes, Coach Raiden. You know, I, I th- that's kind of a, a a a theme throughout my coaching career is that you know all those guys were are willing to pour into me, and I hope I'm at the point in my career where I'm doing that for other guys. You know, um, but yeah, it's, it, it is intimidating, right? I mean, you go to clinics and you you try to learn as much as you can, and you talk to guys. You might ask some stupid questions, but <laughs> uh, you know, you learn, you learn, and you know it's everybody's coming from it from a different perspective, you know, and so you just gotta, you know, you, you learn from it and you you move and you you keep growing. I want to go move towards kind of your 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 day job, and I know Coach Chaddock talks a lot about how things that happen in his, in his job during the day, you know, can translate over to the. Um, to his coaching and um, different events or different people or what have you. And I wanted to ask in your line of work, um, how critical is specifically strong leadership, especially when working through strategic design ideas, you know, in coaching leadership is huge, setting that standard and following through with it. How does that kind of relate in your, in your day-to-day work? Oh, it's big, man. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're a tech company, so we're, you know, a lot of money is involved in our business um, and decisions cost money. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it costs the bottom line. It costs, could cost people their jobs. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Um, and like I say, where I've been for the last, you know, a couple of years since I've moved to Colorado, we've been blessed with having long, uh, strong leadership from, you know, even within my group, mm-hmm. uh, my, my bosses and, and, and their bosses, they've been, magnificent leaders um and then further up the organizational chain um just how they've been really good leaders in the sense that they make firm decisions they give you the support structure you need to execute your job um they're always willing to help um and and they they, they would never ask you to do something that they themselves w- w- wouldn't be willing to do if they were in your position and I see that every day in my in my managers and uh, our, in my my superiors. So it, it's important. It's it's really huge, especially in you know we 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 deal with things that are we're developing things for the future, and so decisions are are very very important. And you know a misstep could cost you time, and it could cost you time to market. Um, so just, again, you know, watching those guys and learning from them 
how they go about their decision-making process, de- determining what's critical and what's not, and sorting through all the noise. Can I get to the root to the root cause of a of a problem? It's it's been pretty neat to to, to witness that and be a part of that. That's impressive because when you can have a group of leaders that can also jump in and do that kind of thing as well and also be able to stand back and help make decisions that are guiding to the future. I mean, what, what do you think is probably the most important quality for these leaders? Because you're, and I'm saying specifically in your industry, what is one of the most important leadership qualities that, that someone must possess to be successful in that line of work? Yeah. Um, so a little bit of back, my previous job, I had, we had really good engineers, right? So my previous job back in California, I had really good engineers um, and the management, the, the leadership was just okay. Um, and a lot of things was that the leadership in that previous company was all engineers that were promoted into leaders. Yeah. Um, Similarly, in this job, it's the same thing, actually. A lot of our, our management were engineers, and they, they went up through the path. But here, I see it as a strength here. They, they don't see it as um, somebody being over somebody. They, they view the entire organization you know, as one big team, which, which really is what we are. And everybody's working toward the same goal, and everybody has the same uh, desire for the company. And they, they have the engineering experience to know the challenges we face as engineers and project managers, but they also have, have the experience uh, in their current positions to, to know um, what, how to make critical decisions. You know, and they empower us as, in, as, as program managers and engineers to drive our programs the way we see fit. You know, Of course, they will have oversight and they may um, they may disagree with some decisions or even have you change decisions, but it's all in a very uh, good way. You know, they, they really do drive, drive us to, to, to treat it as our program and drive it as we would. So they do empower us in that way. It's interesting though, because you just highlighted <clears throat> same line of business, two different companies promoting from within get, Company A leadership doesn't turn out to be as strong as Company B. Yep, and that's exactly right. Uh, Same principles. Yep. yep. Just like the NFL, where every team has a ton of talent, every team <laughs> has great coaches. Why? Why was that's Team right. B better? Yep. Um, and again, I, I think it comes back to the leadership uh, throughout the organization. You know, the organization I'm at now, it's very, very. Uh, it's a very nice leadership structure, very uh, compassionate and um, good, just good leadership. So is it almost like they're grooming for the future versus, hey, you've been here for 15 years, someone left, and hey, it's your turn. Go ahead and be the leader now. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we, we're in Colorado. You know, I think when you when you look at some Silicon Valley companies, you know, they – they they would put on LinkedIn and every social media about how good their leadership is. And our, our company is not like that at all. Our company is pretty, everybody just kind of goes in, does their job. But 
you know, you see it in the small things. You see the leadership qualities of our leaders in the small things, in meetings. You see it in one-on-one conversations. You see it in group meetings. You know, we don't, we don't go out and advertise how great our leaders are. Like, uh, people within our company know how good our leaders are, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's very internal that way. Like, we don't do a lot of social media marketing for, you know, for, our, for what working at, at our company's like or anything sure. like that. You know, but it, you don't have to advertise that you have the think pods and you have break yeah. rooms with free food and you have you have this <laughs> exactly. like Google. Hey, Google.com, you can work here. You can work at Facebook and you can go sleep in the kitchen or something like that. Exactly. You know, they got something ridiculous where a maid will feed you or something. I don't know what it is out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, you um, don't have to you don't have to bring the hype train. <laughs> you just have quality through execution. Exactly. Um I love it. Yeah, no, it's pretty neat, man. And like I say, I've been blessed to work uh, for some really good managers and uh, just be able to to witness their leadership, you know, in, in meetings and one-on-one. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty neat. So so you bring up a lot, a lot through the work phase. You've talked about your journey. I'm really curious, and I don't even know if I know the answer to this. You and I have talked a million times. I don't know if I know the answer to this question. So I'm really excited. My favorite question of the day to ask you, what is the biggest adversity that you have faced in your life and how did you overcome it? Yeah, um, that, that one goes back a ways, honestly. Um, you know, I, this one goes back actually to grad school, believe it or not. Like I'm mm. adversity in work. I've had it in coaching, but um you know, it, and again, it comes back to leadership, right? And work, I've always had the the the, the leadership and the, the, the team around me for us to get through the adversity. So at the end of it, at the time you look at it, it's a big adversity. But when you look through how you got through it and the, the team putting in everything and the leaders uh, giving input, you know, you get through it and you're like, oh, it really maybe wasn't that big of a deal. And, you know. Um, but personally, personal adversity, I would say um, this was back in 2005. I was finishing up grad school. Um, my advisor was telling me, hey, you got to write your dissertation and get done. Um, and so I had, this was early 2005 and I had started sending out resumes for work. Um, and it had gotten to a point of just absolute discouragement. Um, I had sent out, I think, I still have the hard drive with my resumes on it, <laughs> my folder. And I think I had sent out 75 resumes mm. and I had not gotten one bite. Oh, wow. I hadn't gotten one bite. Um, and I was like, you know, being a, again, being a, an international student on a visa, you start thinking about things that, what if you got to go back home? What if you don't get a job? You only got a certain amount of time to do all these things. Um, and it was a stressful time. Uh, it was a time that, you know, uh, my I really grew in my faith a little bit. Um, you know, it that person was probably the most adversity I've gone through as an individual. Um, and the way I got through it, man, was just prayer, um, support of my now wife and friends at the time, friends that I'm still close friends with, um, you know, and, and faith that that's what got me through it. Like there's nothing else I could look at because there was absolutely nothing, you know, I, like you say, what could I control? 
I could control sending out my resume and making my resume the best looking resume it could be. That's the only thing I know how to do. And I could send out 70, I could send out 150, mm -hmm. right? But if nobody bites on it, I, there's nothing I could do about that. Um, and that's where, you know, that period of time from, that was probably from about February, 2005 to about, um, I think it was uh, probably August, 2005, that it was a stressful six months because wow, I, I had no prospects and, you know, I just had to keep doing it. And um, it's like when you're in a football season, right, and you're losing and you're four games in and you're losing, you're just like, how much effort do I want to put into this next game plan or how much effort do I, you know, but you just got to keep doing it and doing the best you can and control what you can control, like you said earlier, you know. Uh, yeah, I told you all that was going to come back. <laughs> yeah, I, I called it. You know, um, but, you know it was nice. It, it, it was a cool experience. You know, looking back on it years later, it, it, it was a cool experience to go through. And obviously, at the time, you don't feel that way. But um, looking back on it, you, you you see your faith and work. You know, faith at work and mm -hmm. um, just support you, the people that support you around you, you know, just, uh, encouragement and everything, all of that gets highlighted in those kind of times. It's so interesting. You brought up that story coach. Cause I think a lot of people listening could probably are going through a similar time over the last six, eight months themselves, um, during this COVID pandemic we've been dealing with and and how do you get through that you know rejection and loss after loss after loss and how do you stay at it and stay with it and, and stay motivated and stay driven through it all and um, you know, I'm so glad you you brought up that story because I, I think so many of us are going through those consistent moments you know six months is a long time especially when you're in the moment of struggle um, a lot of times our struggles can be a couple hours one day a couple days but you know when it comes to six months especially today it, it's such a it's so heavy on us and I, it, it's 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 um i think we can all take take from that what i took from it is what you said at the end is now i look back on it as a learning experience and you i mean the six months wasn't that much of time now looking back at it and i and i tell kids that i tell kids that even though now is so frustrating because you know uh, when when this all started kids i was we were about to start baseball season things got all the seniors and all these kids were just so frustrated and all of us were around those um athletes during that time seeing the frustration all i told them uh, and, I've, and i continue to tell them is this is just going to be a small amount of your life in the end. And it goes for every single one of us, but for kids especially and younger people especially because there's so much ahead. And this yep. is such a small piece. You know, if this lasts even through 2021, you're talking about two years of a potential 60, 70, 80, 90-year life that people have. Uh, two years isn't much in that grand scheme. So what are you going to do with it? What are you going to take out of it? What are you going to become of it instead of, drowning down and letting it letting it take over you for you know these are these are kind of life-changing moments and if you take it in the right stride it could really set you up for a strong um ending and it looks like you know for you for instance 15 years ago you stayed on path you stayed with it you prayed you stuck with your faith and and you didn't get too down on anything you stay you try to stay as positive as you could and and now you know here you are and so i think it's it's a testament it's a 
to to show that if you just stay through the struggles and don't let them absorb you and consume who you are, you can get through it. And that's I think all of us can take that during you know the whole world because we're all experiencing this this COVID pandemic in, in in all sorts of different ways. But in the end, there's a lot of negativity, and I think if you just take if what it, what it's worth, and again, like we talked about in the beginning, and you brought up Coach P is is what can what can I control? And you focus on those things, and and if you have the right mentality, you'll end up all right. But I'm I'm glad you brought up that story because I think it's so relatable for a lot of us right now, and 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 hopefully people can take advice of how to get through this tough time because so many people have gone through months and months of struggle, and and sometimes it feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, but. I think all three of us can easily say there is, and it's just how you approach it, and that light will get bigger and bigger. Yep. I think one of the best things I've seen through this time period is, and I can't remember where I saw it or who said it, but um, it's this idea of, you know, um, you're locked down or you, you know, maybe you lost your job. It's it's all very unfortunate. Um, But what are you doing in the meantime to grow, you know? How are you expand, you know, especially for college students, right? That might be graduating that don't, that the job market is tight. You know, there's not a lot of jobs out there, maybe. Um, you know, what skill are you going to learn? What, what are you going to do to make yourself more valuable that when that job does come open, that you're going to be ready? And mm-hmm. you can imagine that being a question, right? Uh, uh, in interviews now, right? As, so what did you do during the pandemic, right? <laughs> Xbox or did you, uh, you know, did you go learn a skill that would help further your career or, you know, or help you grow as a person? Well, it's, it's, it's like Coach Chaddock always says on the show, when opportunity presents itself, it's too late to prepare. And Coach Chaddock yep. says that all the time, and I think right there is exactly what you said. And that's funny, you know, that might actually be a good interview question for a lot of questions for a lot of companies coming down, uh, coming down the line here. Is so, what did you do during, pandem- during the pandemic? And you could tell a lot about the person <laughs> based on their reaction to the question, and then the answer itself. But um, yep. yeah, that's 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 a good one because I mean, it's it's big because I think a lot of people we've talked about on the show take advantage of the of the time available and just kind of use it as an excuse and and if failure comes you can use you it's kind of an excuse you can use and people are gonna understand but if in the long run uh, that's not gonna fly and if you're not really keeping yourself um, up to date in in terms of keeping yourself healthy um, in terms of your mind body and emotions then I mean it's just um, it's not worth it, and, and people will find out in the long run. You, you'll find out is is the people that come out of the pandemic, um, you know, maybe on on a downfall and a downslope in their career or something. The, if their mental game is strong, they're going to come out of it, and you can tell that um, just by asking that question. It's funny. It's, it's so interesting. Well, and let's let's also throw in the fact that we live in a microwave society. I mean, we're, we're instant oatmeal, but you need some instant pop tarts, um, you know, and it's, how do I get my instant uh, gratification? So how, how would today's college senior respond to that same situation? Where does their mentality go? Where does their faith go? Where does their drive go? Because have they truly put themselves in the position because, you know, we've talked about it so many times. We have a lot of people growing up now in the trophy generation and it's all about, Hey, let me get a participation trophy for everything I've done. I mean, I've had people before say, Oh, well, we, we just got done with this. Well, what, what kind of, what kind of uh, award are we going to get? 
I was like, what? <laughs> Award? You showed up for work on time. Okay, I'll give you that. We we got the job done. Okay. What's the award you need? (laughs) You know what I mean? So there's that fine line between building and then expectation of external factors. You know what I'm saying, guys? Mm -hmm. So it's it's we have to teach each other how do we control controllables? What are those controllables? Some I'm telling you, there are some people coming out of college right now, and there are some young professionals in the fields that do not even know what the controllables are. Mm Mm-hmm. They have no clue what the controllables are. How do you control your effort? How can you control your mindset? How can you control your ability to take in knowledge and show up for work every day with an attitude that says, I'm ready to attack the damn day? Well, I almost feel like, Coach, it comes to they might not even have controllables because of what we offer them. You know, I think phones almost, are, you know, you can't, I feel like a lot of these younger generations doesn't have anything. They don't know what the controllables are because they may not even have any because it's all instant and things are being done for them, right? You don't mm-hmm. have to um, yeah. read the book anymore. You got cliff notes, right? You don't got to read the article anymore. You can watch a quick 30 second video on it. You know, it's, it's the, no longer are they in control anymore because things are being done for them. And that's, it's so interesting you brought that up because it's almost like, yeah, they don't know the control because they don't have any they almost just set up for failure from the start yeah and, and as as leaders as coaches as educators first thing we have to do is educate on what the heck the controllables are right. and that whatever the environment is totally what are what are those controllables in the environment what can you consciously do every day to come in and win the day how do you prepare them with a mindset of how do you come in and win the day and, and those are the things as a society right now that we need to get back to because COVID has presented this environment where we've lost our mindset in some cases, or we don't know what to, what to expect tomorrow. It's okay if we don't know what to expect tomorrow because we know the things we need to do to show up right for tomorrow because here's what I can control. Here's how I can be prepared for tomorrow. And then when I come in and my environment changes because a new guideline came out or because something shifted at work, okay, great. I'm, I'm ready right. to jump on board with whatever this is because I've already prepared myself. Expect change. And yep. if we're not doing that, then shame on us as leaders for not getting people prepared. We had some changes that took place in Ohio last week. And I'm telling you, I sat down with staff. Staff actually chuckled because we had already been seeing emails from other agencies. Oh, what are you guys going to do? Or how do we react to this? Or how do we do this? People I worked with were chuckling. They said, yeah, this is funny. We've been talking about this for five weeks. Like we were already anticipating this coming. Mm -hmm. Why are you guys acting like this was a surprise? Have you not been reading the local news to see that COVID cases were going up exponentially every single stinking day? What on earth are we doing as leaders? It is our job to be prepared for this. Which, which now leads me in, Coach, Coach P, I have a tough question for you now. What's that? This is, this is the tough one now because we're talking COVID, so we just got to fire this one out now. Go for and it. and you're, you're in Colorado, and I started COVID. Um, I, I, let me rephrase that. I, guess I should go back. I started my <laughs> journey fighting through this COVID environment in Colorado. Right. No, I did not start COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what you guys were just thinking. <laughs> so this this journey through COVID, I started working in Colorado and coaching in Colorado. So I so needless to say, when I did move here to Ohio, um, obviously it's a di- it's a little bit different of a journey out here. And 
I, I've still been maintaining what's going on in Colorado as well, trying to stay in, in, in the now about what's, what's going on day to day to day. And it has been a wild stinking time in Colorado. I mean, I, I can look back and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. The wild year of sports started out in the spring with everything being canceled. And then summer, mm-hmm. there was some baseball activity that went on, but that was about it. Then all of a sudden, Colorado says, okay, well, we, we think the season will be on. We're going to test out some things. That's in the middle of summer. That's what we're talking about. And, you know, we, we're friends with Chassa, and we had Chassa on the show. Chassa was on our first show. And they had a, they had a, a good start to, yes, we're going to try to make a season happen. That was in June. June 1st <laughs> was our show. And all of a sudden, season's off. Then there's talk, maybe it's back on. No, it's off. Sort of back on. Wait, you can, you can opt in. You can opt out. You can just do whatever you want. Then it's off again. And then all of a sudden, holy heck, it's on and we're playing in two weeks. Oh, my goodness. My head was spinning here. <laughs> my head was confused. And I'm not even there coaching anymore. <laughs> How on earth, Coach P, did you keep the athletes focused during the and I want to say it was one month straight of chaos where every day it was up and down, up and down, up and down. What's going to go on? How did you keep the athletes focused? And what struggles did you encounter through the year, which your, your season just concluded yesterday, I believe? Yep. Well, oh, my goodness. How did you do it? How did you keep them focused? Oof. Um, well, one, communication was big. Like, you know, either by a text message group, you know, with your position group, with your team, uh, text messaging was huge. And that – uh, mainly came from our head coach. Our head coach did a great job, um, Coach Tedford, uh, communicating with the staff and the players about what was happening. Um, and, you know, he's very good about preaching preaching to us, the staff, and the kids um, about, you know, we have no control over what they're going to decide. All we could do is prepare for what might come, you know, and we, we continued, you know, while they, they allowed us to do some on the field stuff with social distancing and, um, you know, even that was kind of weird, right? Um, we can be indoors so we can do any weight, any weight room stuff. Um, so we did a lot of stuff. Coach Shefford was very creative in the way he came up with our strength, you know, our strength and conditioning program for the, for the off season, uh, pretty much through summer, um, you know, doing a lot of stuff on the field with body weight, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, just different workouts like that. He was very creative. Um, and we had good, you know, our kids bought in and they were, they they showed up and we had good numbers in the summer. Um, but I would say just, you know, keeping communication was huge, you know, because especially you think about the seniors, right? They wanted a football season, you know, more than anybody else. They wanted a football season because they didn't want to go through their last year and not be able to play football. Um, you know, the indecision, you know, you, you brought up the, the, you know, you could play season A or season, you know, in the fall or in the spring. Um, you know, a lot of that is, you know, you, what if you chose not to play in the fall and then they end up canceling the spring, right? Your seniors was out. So I think um, for us, we decided to play in the fall. I think it was a good decision for, for us. Um, it gave us a season at least. Um, and, but yeah, just, you know, from that perspective, just being open in communication with the players and your staff about um, what's going on and just trying to keep the positivity, positivity, you know, hey, even if we don't get a season this year, 
you know, we treat it like an off season, you know, we got to we got to be prepared for whenever our next season comes. So we're not going to sit back and play Xbox, string mom, view and eat Cheetos. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's a coach. Tedford deal. That's what he said. That's, that's what he talks about. You know? <laughs> I kind of agree with that. Um, so we, you know, we just tried as best as we can continued preparing uh, on the field and, you know, we left the decision up to the administrators. And when they told us we had a season, we hit the ground running. I mean, we did a lot of virtual meetings um, through, I think uh, probably the summer, you know, starting in June or July through uh, when we actually started football apart from our when we were allowed on the field we did uh virtual meetings with the kids and we would just kind of talk through like uh twice a week i would do offense and twice a week coach Sheffer would do defense and we would talk scheme talk um alignment assignment you know a lot of things again being prepared so when you went out on the field you could hit the ground running and the kids know when you call a formation they know how to line up in it you don't gotta spend the time on the field to show them how to do it and everything, you know, you've already talked through all of that. So doing a lot of that preparation virtually uh, in Zoom calls and um, that, that I think was valuable. I think it's awesome that you brought up just acting as if, you know, it's like no news is good news, right? If we don't know what's going on, we might as well just keep going with what we're allowed to do. And I think that's so important. I think kids, kids react to what they see, if they don't know, if they're uncertain, I think that kids use their uh, the adults or leaders in their life to figure out how to act or how 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 am I supposed to feel? What am I? How you know? What's this gonna look like? And if if the coaching staff, if if the bosses, if your parents come into the room and their energy is down, well then immediately the kids or the subordinates or whatever it is are gonna feel the same way, and. Yep. Uh, it's 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 great to hear that you know because there's staffs out there that probably weren't keeping communication and then maybe when practice was happening it was kind of a a downer idea yeah this may or may not happen I'm not feeling good and it's it's important to to reiterate when you go to your place of work and if you're impacting others especially younger people it's so important that you come in with the right attitude and right motivation the right energy body language to put Whatever it is to the side, um, you know, you, you don't bring your problems to work. I'm, I'm a personal big believer in that. You know, I think especially when you're in a leadership role, um, you got to be able to set that standard. And if you want things to operate successfully, well, it starts right there. And if you, it starts with your leaders, it starts at the top. We don't know who the NFL owner, all the NFL owners' names are. But if you talk about some of the most important, like, for instance, in the NBA, I talk about uh, San Antonio. We don't know who San Antonio's owner is. Off the, you don't know his name. But they have a pretty good – they're successful year in and year out as an organization. And it's because it starts from the top. They're not loud. They're not overbearing. They just get the job done. They stay under the radar, and they and they, they – and that's how they succeed. And I think that's very important because they bring a good energy. They set that standard. It's a consistent standard. Um, like Coach Chaddock and I talked at the beginning, is keeping that consistency year in and year out. And um, that's huge. And, I th- and I'm sure you saw the kids that you coach react to your energy itself. If you brought good energy, high energy, I, it's, it's a guarantee that you're going to get a positive reaction from the kids itself. Yep. No, that's exactly right. Um, and yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I would say for us, you know, in 
when I even think about my work situation, you know, um, our leaders are very good about communicating about what's happening, mm-hmm. or, you know, with regard to COVID. Um, and same thing in football, you know, um, because I'm the kind of person, right? If I'm in a situation and it's something that I'm kind of anxious or nervous about, if I don't have any communication from the other parties involved, my brain starts going wild. Mm-hmm. Stuff up that ain't even there, you know. <laughs> and you it's know, like looking it, at WebMD when you're sick. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, communicating with the kids and kind of letting them know what we know, um, and just so that they have an idea of, you know, what there's a fifty-fifty chance we have a season, so let's go prep like we do, you know. Um, so, yeah, communication was huge for us. This is uh, this is probably my f- favorite question. To ask. You know, Coach Chaddock has been asking this question the past few weeks, and I get jealous because it's probably <laughs> both of our favorite questions to ask um, every single show because I, I think we can all agree here that we wouldn't be here without certain people in our lives, whether it's mentors, leaders, bosses, family members, um, whatever th- whatever it may be. We, we are – we are not here without the people um, that help push and motivate us. So, Coach P, I want to ask you, who are the most influential leaders in your life and how have they impacted you to be who you are today? Um, it could be anyone. I mean, from, you know, so athlete, celebrity, family member, <laughs> coaches, if you have all of them, perfect. But who are the man, ones to I you gotta, that are the, I, are the most? I got a big list, man, because, you know, the way, like, the way I view things about there's always people you could, there's always something you could learn from somebody. It's kind Amen of, to that. things, um, you know, and, and so in the different kind of the different categories of my life, I, I, I look at, you know, I learn things from different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in my personal life, you know, my wife, um, she does some amazing things and I learn from her every day, you know, um, friends i have friends that have very good jobs and friends that um have kids and just i i look at them and the way they raise their kids the way they interact with their spouses the way they um live life you know and i, I learned things um from a pure mentorship standpoint um you know i at work it's it's usually my managers like i have two good managers right now or really three and they're all quite good you know, they, they're quite good mentors. They, they provide good leadership, good direction, and uh, offer criticism when it's needed, you know, um, and, and that's good. In the coaching world, um, man, I, I can, it's a long list, um, but I'll, I'll name a few. Um, Coach Doug Keynes, the guy over in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. uh, me and him still keep in touch. Uh, we talk probably two or three times a year. Don't get, get, get on Google video and talk ball a little, ball a little bit. Um, phenomenal coach, phenomenal high energy guy. Um, a lot of what I know I learned from him initially and um, always grateful for what he has done to help me progress in my career. Um, coach Tedford, who I'm currently with, man, he, I have by far um, one of the most positive head coaches I've seen. Um, he, he, he just brings a level of positivity that I had not seen from many people. And it, it's, it's pretty cool working with him and just learning from him. He's a, and, and, and a humble guy. Um, 
when he, you know, he gives credit to the staff, he gives credit to the players, you know, he, he doesn't want the light shone on him. He just, he's all about the kids and wanting them to be successful. And it's pretty neat to see that. Um, Coach Raiden, I learned, you know, I coached one season with him. Um, great guy, just seeing how he balanced family, um, a successful coaching career. I learned a lot from him from that perspective, you know. Um, we have a guy on our staff now, um, Coach Bedford. He, he He's a retired college coach, um, and he kind of helps us out, you know, um, coaching the kids, and he's our DB's coach. Um, but he – we have a saying that he's forgotten more football than we would ever know. Uh, he's knowledgeable. Uh, and, but he just has a, you know, he, he keeps me calm. He, he, he kind of gets me back on track when I'm kind of going off the rails, maybe, you know, uh, and he, he's just, he's just an encourager when I, when I talk to him and I always leave a conversation with him, you know, pretty encouraged. Um, you know, when I, when I first got into coaching, I was in Southern California and um, I, I had the opportunity for a number of years to, to, to be in, to be, to go to clinics and uh, camps at USC. And that's when coach Carroll was there, Pete Carroll. Um, and, you know, I got, I got to, he probably wouldn't, couldn't pick me out of a lineup, but uh, <laughs> just being, just listening to him talk about leadership and philo- coaching philosophy um, he, by far, in terms of developing a coaching philosophy, what I, what I got from his talks and conferences with him and, uh, is, was, uh, it was really, I, I couldn't put a price on it because he really just kind of just listening to him talk about how important it is to have a philosophy, not just mm-hmm. X and O's philosophy, but a leadership philosophy. How are you going to deal with your coaches? How are you going to deal with your players? You know, um, and that's big. Um, you know, in my personal life, I have a, a bunch of friends that um, hold me accountable that I've, I've known for 15, 20 years um, that, you know, hold me accountable. They, they, they make sure I'm doing well. They, they're encouraging to me. Um, and then, you know, I, I go to a local church in Fort Collins and, you know, the pastors, there are pretty good mentors to me. Um, just from a spiritual perspective, the um, watching them pour their life out, um, you know, for the church and for the body uh, of Christ is, is pretty phenomenal. So um, again, just all these people that I've had in my life, just uh, watching and learning, you know, some of them may not think they're mentors to me, but little do they know I'm always taking little notes, learning, uh, you know, learning from what they do and just, um, and, you know, some of it is deeper, right? Some of it, you have conversations with these people where you do, you know, it is a, a mentor-mentee relationship, but a lot of it is just looking at people and, you know, seeing the positive attributes that they have that, you know, you, you that I myself like to grow in, you know? Coach P, that's Coach Ryan Peron. He's a offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach. Over at Thompson Valley High School in Loveland, Colorado, Coach P, that's I love that you you know mentioned that list and also mentioned people that you know may not know 
that you're a mentor of them, but you you're quietly taking notes because I know I do that all the time. I'll take a video of a of a, of someone here or there, or I'll follow I'll I'll follow people that have no idea that I'm even intrigued in what they do, and and uh, you know little do they know. So I'm I'm really glad you brought that up, Coach P. Is it was a real honor to have you on the show. It's been a long time coming, and um, you know this is actually the first time I've I've always seen you on the other side of the sideline. For the last yep. four years, <laughs> and it's it's uh, it's nice to actually have a full blown conversation with you finally, and and uh, hopefully when this whole thing clears up, pandemic, we can go out, uh, grab a beer or something, and uh, you know, um, you know, have more talks like this. But you know, on behalf of Coach Chaddock and I, we really appreciate your time uh, taken out of your schedule and uh, and joining us on Third and Thirty. We appreciate it. My pleasure, man. It was I was happy to be here and uh, have a good conversation with you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Coach. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Coach B. A big thank you to Coach Ryan Puran from Thompson Valley High School out here in Loveland, Colorado, for joining us on the show. It was, it, I, I won't lie, you know, it, it, in this community sometimes, in the football coaching community, you tend to know a lot of guys on the other side of the sideline, and you don't always get to talk to them, or you see one, one, one thing that they might do or one call that they did and you might make a judgment on that coach and and or whatever it is and 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 it's nice to be able to have this platform coach Chaddock and be able to bring on coaches from the other sideline and coach Peron to me is definitely one of those because I've known I've known of him for 4 years um but I've never had a real conversation with him and you know it's 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 not like a oh I don't want to talk to that guy kind of thing but it's just of a we're competitors, and we just haven't had that opportunity to get to know each other. It happens all the time, but what 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 a great conversation. I loved getting his insight on his background, on his journey to where he is today. I can relate in a lot of different ways, being an unknowledgeable person trying to be a coach and just being enthralled by the aspect of the game and like really liking the strategy and really liking the, the fight and all that and, and being into it and, and then going to approach it and then having people trust you um, – to to be able to do it you know i have i have those people he had the coach in in santa barbara he went to you know i have my coaches that that gave me a chance and you know it's it's huge and i i I know coach p is a great coach and it has nothing to do with that he didn't play or did play it's that he cares and he's knowledgeable he's a hard worker he's observant um he has a great work ethic and it's 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 not hard to find out why he's been a successful coach uh, and why I'm sure kids love him. So it's um, it was a great conversation to have, and I just love how he said, be willing to learn, be willing to do whatever it takes, and just be willing to observe and absorb everything there is. I think it's important. We don't do that enough. We don't do that enough. We don't prepare for the inevitable. Coach, I think you, you mentioned that when, when we were talking to Coach P, and I think I wanted to mention it, and I think now's a great time. I I think a lot of times we people aren't ready for certain things to happen and they're surprised as when they happen because a lot of people before them assume that they already know. Oh yeah, this is this is going to happen. It's like it's like the TSA agent at the airport being pissed off that people showed up at the <laughs> airport that day. It's like that's preparing for the inevitable. That shows that that TSA agent who's ticked off is not mentally ready for what that job entails. You know, it's like, of course, people are coming to the airport. Are you kidding me? It's what people do. It's what the airport's for. Find a different job. I think today I was watching football, mind you. I was watching Dalvin Cook, probably the best running back in football right now. And they said, why, 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 uh, <laughs> Coach Chad, I was giving me a look because he's a Cleveland Brown fan. Dick so, Chubb. um, 
<laughs> um, Nick Chubb, man. You know, he. I was one of those fantasy players that got ticked off with him running out of bounds, but we won't get into that last week. But um, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the league. Okay, correction. They were talking about him and why he's such a good running back. And he kept it simple. And he said, I'm just, you know, I'm ready for contact. And it seems like such an easy thing, right? Like, oh, of course, why wouldn't you be ready for contact? But I feel like how many people are kind of like, wait, I got hit hard? Or they brace for contact and they're not ready for it. A lot of you brace, a lot of you aren't ready for it. It's part of the game. And preparing for the inevitable is part of that process of being ready for opportunity. We talk about opportunities to, you know, it's too late to prepare once opportunity prepares, uh, presents itself. It, it's not only just being prepared for that opportunity specifically, it's being prepared for all the things that have to do with that opportunity. That starts from the ground level all the way up. That starts with how you wake up in the morning. That starts with how you brush your teeth and all, uh, you know, uh, how you take care of yourself going into that and, and, the, and the inevitabilities of your co-workers maybe not listening, not showing up, not be, be being the, the co-worker you want them to be that day. And that's going to happen. Right? Someone might call you a bad name. Someone's going to give you a rough time. Someone might honk your horn at you. Someone might cut you off. Those are things that are going to happen. I feel like too many times, us as a society are too surprised when those things happen. Like when a car cuts you off, you it ruins your complete day. Like you didn't expect someone in this world of 7 billion people is going to cut you off. It's preparing for the inevitable. Let I don't need to, we don't need to even get to the complicated stuff. It's the basic stuff to me. This stuff is going to happen and I think people it's it, it, it's it's like you know getting credited for doing the basic amount of work, right? You know, we, I want more credit for doing what I'm supposed to do. Well, it's because people take that extra route and they're not ready for the inevitable that's supposed to be happen that's going to happen so they use that as an excuse and too many times we use those inevitable moments as excuses that sets us back as a society that does not help anything and it's it, it, it's 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 a testament to being ready for opportunity at the most basic level not even complicated to this specific vice presidency job at this tech company no it's not that it's just being ready for any opportunity that presents itself because things are going to come up. Things are going to get in your way. Things There's going to be obstacles no matter what. You learn through your mistakes. You learn through these obstacles. It's not using the obstacles to hinder you. It is to push forward through it and being ready for the inevitable. I feel like every day I am ready for about five to ten things that are going to go wrong in that day. Now, I'm not sitting, sitting there telling you that I sit there. And I'm like, this is what's going to go wrong. These are the specific things that, you know, Coach Chaddock's going to say this to me today, and I'm going to be pissed off. That's not how I do things. I'm just ready that things are going to go wrong, whatever it may be, and that I am mentally ready to just get after it because that is life. And preparing for the inevitable. Please look at what is happening every day. It's the same stuff that we're complaining and whining over. Let's move forward. Let's get somewhere else with it because it's all basic talk that I keep hearing. And it's it's and Coach P really highlighted of when his six months of adversity, it's like, what can I control? And you waste time when you go through these uncontrollables because a lot of the uncontrollables are, are, are also inevitables at the same time. A lot of the uncontrollables are things that you could probably expect someone's going to do. Someone's not going to call you back. Someone's not going to hit, you know, plan prop. Someone's going to ruin plans with you, right? Someone's going to leave you out of something. It's going to happen. 
But if you're not prepared for those things, you're not going to get to the Excel level of life, which everyone wants to have the rich, wealthy lifestyle and have no bothers and all that. Well, you're not going to get there if you can't get through the basics. And this is basic learning is kids need to understand the inevitable, preparing for the inevitable, preparing for some bad things are going to happen. And people might be saying, Coach P, you're being so negative right now. I'm not. It's it's mm-hmm. being real about what is in life. I mean, a lot of good things, if, if actually all good things can come from negative things. Everything. Because negatives are part, part of life, just like positives are the way people want life to be. People want life to be completely carefree. You live that way, it's not going to happen. I'm going to say it again. Prepare for the inevitables. It is so important, and that's my two cents. I, I usually let Coach Chaddock take over the first bit of this this post part of the show, but I had to get that off my chest because I needed to get it off when you were talking during while we were with Coach P, and I'm like, you know what? This is huge. Because it's like, why, 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 are, why don't kids have the controllables, right? Or they don't know what the controllables are because they don't have the controllables because they're not taught the controllables. And those controllables, a lot of time, are the inevitable things that are part of life. And these kids don't even understand those basic things, let alone the bad things. So if you don't understand the basic positivity side of things, then how do you think people are going to respond to the negative things? And negative things always get blown out of proportion. They're always the microscope, right? It's no one ever talks about the goodness that happens every day. It's only the one bad thing that happened that entire day that takes up your news source, right? So if you can't handle those positive things, how can you expect to handle the negatives? Because the negatives are going to tear you right apart. So it's preparing for the inevitable. I'm done. Coach P just went uncut, and I love it. <laughs> we were we were expecting me to go on that tangent. Coach P just did it. I love it, Coach P. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for bringing the heat. I love the energy. I love I love the fact that you brought because now we're back. Now we're back to my co-host, Coach P. <laughs> yeah, that's right, right, right. Coach, that's me now. <laughs> Coach P. Coach P. Ryan Peran. He he is he is. Gone from the phone call with us today. Gone from the Zoom call with us today. Now we're back I to the original to, Coach P. That's now it's back show. to the Coach P of, of our co-host. Coach, you know, and Coach Peran, it was great to have him on. The, the other Coach P, it was great to have him on. And, you know, what you were just talking about, P, was being inconvenienced. How many times in our life are we inconvenienced? We're driving down the street. All the time. <clears throat> driving down the street, someone cuts us off, and we choose to have a reaction to it. And we choose, we choose to let it ruin our day. We, and and I, you get the classic person that comes into work. Hey, how's it going? Oh, well, <laughs> you know, I was just driving to work and this person cut me off and I did, you know, this happened or that happened. And just what I needed just, to start the day. It's like, what? just, just the, the whole day's ruined. The day's ruined because you chose to have it ruined in your mind. Build some mental toughness and get through it. The person cut you off. Great. If you needed to flip them off to make yourself feel better, flip them off real quick and keep on driving down the road. And move on. And move on with it. Move on. Go on to the next stage of your day. My goodness gracious, if you're still talking about that at 3 p.m., you need to take a nap. You seriously need to take a nap if you're still digesting this at 3 p.m. that you got cut off this morning. Now, if they cut you off and you had to veer off the road and drove into a ditch, that's another story. Let's talk about that at 3 p.m. Because now you have some bigger issues on your hands. 
If they seriously only cut you off, though, oh, my goodness, get over it. Live your life because you control the way you react to that. You control your response. E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. E plus R equals O. You had an event happen. You control the response that you have to that event. And the outcome of the rest of your day is dictated by your response to that event. It is your call how you get through that. And I'm telling you right now, it's everything in life. That's why, like you said, coach, we have to be prepared for the unexpected. We have to be mentally tough. And, and I'm telling you, I literally will be driving down the street, listening to music, envisioning myself giving a presentation. <laughs> I will be envisioning myself coaching a football game. I will be envisioning myself coaching a drill in practice because I'm getting ready for any of the things that could happen. I'm envisioning myself giving a presentation at city council. And I'm, in, I, I, I'm asking myself the questions that I'm predicting council is going to ask me on these things because I'm getting prepared when opportunity presents itself, it's too late to prepare. You have to be prepared ahead of time. Okay, guys, come on. If you're listeners, if you're our loyal listeners, there should, be, there, there should be every day you should be taking a step forward to prepare yourself for something else that might be unexpected, that might be inconveniencing you. My wife got inconvenienced like you would not believe yesterday. It was absolute chaos in our house. We, we wake up in the morning and we have... We have a delivery coming, and, and they delivered the wrong furniture for the third time. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you, I thought my wife was going to blow a gasket. And, you know, something I said, I said, hey, relax, relax. Here's what we can do. I said, what can we do at this point? She described the, the two things we can do at this point. I said, great, make the phone call. Let's get it done, and let's <laughs> be on with our day. Uh -huh. And, boy, she just she got through it within, within a little bit of time. She had also been on the phone with the cable company for a while because there was a feature not working appropriately on our cable. And God, God bless her heart, man. She was working her way through these couple things. It was an inconvenience to us in that day. She got through it. We kept living our day, and we, we had an enjoyable day. And you know the thing, the thing I want to highlight, and we talk about this stuff all the time, and I love the fact that you went uncut right away, man. I love it. I love it because it gave me a platform to do the same thing. <laughs> Coach, Coach P absolutely defined to us drive today because let me tell you how many people would not be able to go through the six months of obscurity that took place in his life. I could count many, on my finger. On my how many people would have crumbled? So many. I could count on my fingers how many people would be able to get through something like that today. I'm confident enough. There's a lot of, eh, but absolutely, absolutely, it's it, it, that is unheard of going through that same kind of misery for six months. I yeah. mean, that's unheard of. Now, that's and, not that's not at a time where he's even forced to have that happen. No. Then, right now is a time where everyone seems to be a little forced to to be in a struggle in in some ways, not completely restricted or hands tied behind the back, but to an extent. But that was a turning time where you're not forced to be in this situation so mm -hmm. he could find different ways but no he, he 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 persevered through and mental health issues are very serious i want to highlight this mental health issues are extremely serious and we need to help each other as a society get through mental health issues there is also a mental toughness that has to be incorporated into into all of us into our youth into our our college folks into our adults. There's a mental toughness and there is a freaking difference people 
between the mental health issues that take place and then being mentally tough to overcome obstacles of someone saying no. Think about how many people have been given trophies during their life for nothing or how many people have been awarded for things in their life for nothing. And then all of a sudden now you go through a six-month struggle of turning in 75 resumes and not even getting an ounce of feedback. Not even someone telling you, hey, dude, yeah, you suck. No feedback, period. Nothing. Nothing coming at you. So, so Coach P, to me, defined drive. Because what I want you to take one step further is, number one, he kept the job search going. Okay, He had the mental toughness. He had, he had a faith. He prayed about it. He had a faith. He talked to his girlfriend at the time, now wife, about it. Okay. He talked to friends about it, got mentorship from those within. He had the mental toughness to talk his way through it with those people. And that's what it is about, guys. It is about as a society coming together to talk through this together. So that way, later down the road, it doesn't become a mental health issue that now we have to go get a different type of help for. It's about right now, we're having a mental toughness to be able to look adversity in the face and to be able to overcome these points of adversity. And, and I want to highlight one step further. You talk about the drive that he had to get through it, the determination, the rigor to keep going again and again and again. Then I want to highlight the inspiration he had as he started learning football. As he started learning football and sending resumes to people and contacting people, cold calling people, that's an inspiration, my friend. He was cold calling people that he wanted to try to get an opportunity to, to coach football with, knowing that he didn't have the background to interject into that and that he was just learning the game and he wanted it so, so badly. He wanted it so badly that he had the drive to go get it because already, we already knew he had the determination and the rigor because he had, he had exemplified that with the job search to get into his field after college. Now he's inspired with the football piece and wants to learn, wants to grow. And then he gets victory as he hits, as he hits an opportunity. And now he's established excellence as he's been able to go program to program to program. I've personally watched him pour into others, make coaches around him better, build relationships, uh, do it with a faith. And do it by building those relationships with others mm. and having that faith. And I've been able to personally watch this and I've been able to see him do it even with me outside of his world now, uh, as far as the immediate coaching world. And he's built that excellence over time. And, and I'm so proud of him for doing that because not only because he's a friend, because I watch what he pours into others and I watch how he makes people better. I watch how he makes people mentally tough. He helps them become mentally tough while caring about them, loving them, and helping them to the next phase in life. Because high school football is here for a minute. Mm -hmm. It's a four-year four pass. It's here for a minute. And then these kids are going on to college. These kids are going on to the workforce. These kids are going on to other things. And I'm so proud of him because I've, I've gotten to watch him so many times pour into others and watch these, these uh, young people develop as adults and become positive contributors to our society. You and I have gotten to do it. We've worked with hundreds of coaches that have gotten to do this. And you know something? I'm so proud of the coaching field because I don't care what bad article you want to put out there on, on a coach somewhere in, in California or a coach out there in New Mexico or a coach out there in Florida who maybe did one thing wrong one time. And then everybody wants that coach to be fired. And that coach is the worst thing in the world. Because you know something? I know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of coaches and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of leaders who do a fantastic job developing others.
and they do it day in, day out. And you don't, you don't get to see what they do on that daily basis. You don't get to see the grind. You don't get to see the journey of how they're influencing so many people and making so many people better, making them positive contributors to society. And that's the part that we need to highlight. That's the part we need to be focused on. And, uh, you know, I thank Coach P for being here today. I think it was inspirational. I liked it. I hope our listeners liked it. And, and boy, did we take a lot out of that. His drive stands in my mind. His drive was amazing. His drive was overcoming adversity. Uh, his, his drive was helping lead, lead him through a time that was very tough when, when the job market wasn't uh, popping one by one by one for job opportunities. And then also to get his way into the football field without having that background. Kudos to Coach P for showing us the way, showing us the drive. And I, I hope everybody was able to take something out of this today. I want to end on this analogy that I'm sure people have heard before, but I think it's a nice way to kind of top this all off. Let's go to the cutting off, getting cut off uh, by a car example that you gave, Coach Chaddock. If you had 80, let's say you had $86,000 straight cash. You just had 86000 laying around. Interesting. Number. And I came through in a, in a rut, in, 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 a, in, a, in a crazy situation. It was unexpected. And I came to you and said, hey, coach, coach, I need 20 bucks, man. Could I, could I get 20 bucks from that 86000 Most likely you're going to be like, yeah, no sweat off my back, man. Here's, here's $20, man. Do what you got to do. There's 86,000 seconds in a day. Are you going to let those 20 seconds ruin the entire – does that $20 that you give to me ruin the 86000 Does that ruin all, all that what that's worth? Not really. Is, but those 20 seconds of getting cut off, are you willing to take that into 40, 60, 120, 240 seconds longer and let that affect more of that 86,000 seconds you have in a day? You know, and, and that's that's what I want people to think about is it's not worth it, right? If you were to give away $20 out of 80000 it doesn't mean much, right? That's the same. And no one likes giving away money. Everyone, yeah, People don't like losing money, right? Maybe it's not even me asking. Maybe maybe you just dropped $20 and you don't have 86000 You're like, oh, <clears> crap, where'd that twenty go? Well, you're going to forget about it because you have $85,980 left. Well, in Coach P's life he had six months of a tough time in his life well in one month there is over 31 i'm sorry um there is in one month there is over two million two and a half million seconds and in one year there is over 31 million seconds so how many seconds do you think there are in your entire lifetime at this point whether you're 25 30 40 50 it's a lot of seconds so when you look at the six months that he had, which is probably a good amount of time in the moment, 15 million, let's say, well, he's up to 10 billion at this point. And because he's grown through it and he was able to get to that point, and that's, those seconds are probably worth even more because of the lessons he learned from it. So I just want everyone to realize that these little things that happen in life, they're learning lessons. You move forward from them. You don't let them deter and make it into a bigger problem. It's like in baseball. You miss a you miss you miss the ball at first base. The runner's safe. He goes to second base, and you throw that ball to second base, and you over mail it to second base, and then he goes to third base, and you oh, and then you low ball. It goes past third base, and he scores. Just 
that's making one problem into two problems. That's letting it get worse, worse, and worse instead of taking a breath and just end it right there at that first problem. Don't let him get past first base. And you know what? If he gets past first base, well, don't let him get past second base. You don't make a bigger problem. And don't make one problem into another problem. Don't count on those problems. So if that analogy didn't make sense to you, well, I apologize. But I'm just trying to say it's not worth it when you have so much of life to worry about. It's not worth to let these little things that are going to happen, the inevitable, that are going to happen, let them deter who you are. Um, I want to thank Coach P, Coach Ryan Perron for joining us, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at Thompson Valley High School. Um, it was it was awesome to have you on, and I hope you can join us again sometime. And like I, I'm serious about catching up sometime when this pandemic's over because Coach Chaddock's out there in Ohio, but we can still meet up, Coach P. So um, I have to make that happen soon. But um, it was an honor to have him on. Hope you guys enjoyed the the show this week. Um, we have a couple more shows left for this uh, for this quarter for this year, and then uh, moving on to some great, more bigger, better, stronger things. So, um, really, really can't wait for all that. You know, and and one thing I want to say before we go is again, Coach P, thank you for being on, and I want to thank all of our listeners. Uh, you guys have been great. Tons of feedback. Love it. Um, some some requests for the future. We love that too. And anyone interested in sponsorship? I know I know Coach P will get to that again in a minute here. Anyone interested in sponsorship? We're definitely here for you. Uh, interested in, in partnering with you to see how we can keep serving. Um, and I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I want you guys to enjoy time with your friends and family, though it might be smaller groups of people, friends and family right now, because there's a lot of restrictions in place. Um, wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the time. I know I'm going to work really hard this week on enjoying some downtime with family. Uh, Coach P, I thank you for being with me all the time. Love having you on board. Great friendship that we have. And uh, if you guys could only see half of what we talk about off air, <laughs> it's pretty incredible. We have a good time. We have a real good time. It's pretty, that's for sure. I'll give you that. No, it's uh, and just to, just to echo you, Coach. It's it's this, this it, you know. I know we still have two more shows to finish up this this year on, but it's been great. And 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 again, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. This these these are the holidays, and even though it's tough times for more people um, than usual, I would I would assume. And um, I just I just remember it's the holidays. It's about family. It's about love. It's about just you know happiness and being together with your loved ones. And and you know, uh, you know this this year might be a little different, but don't let it consume what this is all about every year and every year after. Um, this is just one little slit of uh, of our lives. And you know, next year hopefully we're back to normal and we can all get back together with our families. But absolutely a big big happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, we're going to be back again with a show next week again. So we're going back to back to back weeks. So be uh, uh, be in tune for that. If you, anyone that wants to throw support our way, any sponsorships, anyone, um, any donors, please uh, don't feel free to contact us on social media at Third and Thirty Podcast, um, and uh, we'll be happy to uh, to uh, get talking with you. Um, check us out: Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Um, we appreciate all the listeners, all the support. It's been awesome so far, um, and we can't wait to just continue this 
process. You know, we're here for a while. We're here for a good time. We're not going anywhere, and we're going to continue to bring shows out to you. Um, Coach Chaddock, I wouldn't want to be doing this with anyone else. So it's, uh, you know, I, there's a reason why we stuck through this, even though um, you moved during a pandemic. You know, there's a reason why we, we stuck through this process and kept with our drive um this 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 show is who we are this show does not make us who we are this show is an aspect of who we are and so we're just trying to bring out of the type of show you guys who we want to be and 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 uh and hopefully we're influencing you in the right ways and steering you guys in 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 a direction that helps you in whatever way helps you become the best version of yourself that you can be so uh um excited for what's in store excited for what we've done thank you to all our guests as well um and i'm telling you next week guys you're really gonna want to listen to this next week's show i'm just i'm just gonna say it now i know i'm saying it's at the very very end and if you stuck with the show this specific episode till the very very end well good for you because i'm not just saying it just to hype you up next week's show is a doozy and i don't even know if we're ready for it yet but we are ready because it's booked so time to get to work um but I'll, I'll quit talking now. We'll we'll let you guys get back to whatever life you have after this, whether it's another podcast, a book, or you got to your location safely. But whatever it is, uh, thank you so much for listening to us. For Coach Jason Chaddock, I am Coach Praveen Montrebrigada, and this is the 3rd and 30 Podcast.